today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We also have to look at the lay of the land here and look at some of the impacts that the virus and the pandemic and, frankly, some of the lockdowns as a result of it uh, have had on so many different facets of our society. We've talked about the tourism industry, of course, the restaurant industry, but uh, also adversely affected is journalism. And uh, we've seen in the news over the last little while a number of uh, people that uh, long-time journalists have just simply lost their jobs because of the loss of income. It's not a new problem. It wasn't started by the pandemic. Uh, but it certainly, like so many other things, has been exacerbated uh, by the pandemic. So as we uh, mark the one year from uh, the day the WHO declared COVID-19, it's uh, time to look at uh, what's going on, and let's talk about local journalism. Uh, there is an organization that is trying to do something about this, though. Uh, they're called inkstainedwretches.org. That's the webpage. Uh, and to explain exactly what's going on, we're so pleased to welcome to the program Mirko Petrushevic, who is the coordinator of inkstainedwretches.org. Uh, Mirko, thank you for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Uh, thanks for ha- having me on the show, Bill. Let's talk about the uh, the origins of this organization. As I say, this uh, this concern about what's happening in journalism in this country is not new, but uh, it's certainly uh, been exaggerated, I think, and, and blown up exactly by what's going on with the pandemic. Oh, for sure. Uh, as uh, this uh, group that we had uh, started uh, with about a dozen of us who are on an email list, and we're all former uh, newsroom workers at the Waterloo Region Record, and, uh, you know, journalists, uh, reporters, photographers, editors. And uh, this is an email list that we just uh, had to, you know, arrange uh, going for drinks on a Friday afternoon or something like that. And um, so after the pandemic lockdown went down, uh, one of our groups sent, a, sent around and shared a Waterloo, uh, sorry, a Washington Post story uh, on how difficult this pandemic is going to be uh, for newspapers especially, uh, yeah, predicting that, and, and rightly so, that, uh, you know, maybe the pandemic is going to kill a lot of uh, small newspapers. And so, and we already knew that uh, for the past 10, 15 years, it's been a tough, tough go, not just for newspapers, but for uh, all uh, journalism outlets. Uh, you know, many have been lost since the recession in uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just trying to think of, you know, what could we do? We're scratching our heads. And um, we were in a unique position, not being working in journalism anymore, uh, to, to play an advocacy role. It's pretty tough for journalists, uh, working journalists who are dealing uh, day in, day out with uh, elected leaders. It's pretty tough for them to, to advocate. It's not really their role to advocate for journalism. Uh, so the group, uh, you know, our group, you know, some are retired, some are working in other professions now. I'm working in communications now. I thought, why not harness uh, what we have and uh, do what we can? Let's, let's talk about why, uh, because some people are going to say, look, everybody's losing their job, Mirko. What's the big deal here? Uh, the role of journalism and, and, and why it's so important, especially in times like this where governments are saying, just trust us, we're going to do this. Uh, you know, there's, there's a role that's being played here, but if you don't have the staff to do it, Mirko, the stories don't get told, the facts don't get told. Uh, that's right. And uh, even in places where there are still uh, newspapers and, and other radio journalism outlets. Um, what people don't uh, understand is that if they see these uh, these legacy or traditional or mainstream news outlets are still exist, they don't understand that uh, be, you know, more and more day in, day out, there are fewer and fewer uh, people at those outlets to cover the important stories, to keep an eye on uh, you know, the institutions that govern our lives. 
may affect our lives, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, city council, whether it's uh, school boards, whether it's uh, uh, local businesses who uh, may be good or, or may be uh, good or not such and so good uh, corporate citizens. Um, so that check on power, that role uh, is played by uh, by journalism, by robust local journalism. And uh, we've slowly been losing the capacity for that. And, uh, and that uh, loss has been accelerated since the pandemic started. The, our, our campaign is, to, is really to, uh, although we love newspapers and they, you know, they're deep uh, uh, you know, in our veins, uh, we understand that uh, people don't know that the information from newspapers, our, our campaign is to uh, boost journalism in any form, whether it's uh, in uh, paper, print, broadcast, digital, you name it. Uh, we just want uh, Canadians to get and communities to get the information that they need to make the decisions they need in a civil society and a functioning democracy. And that's an important point. Uh, this is this is not a, a, a an effort to hey, let's go back to the good old days, you know, where uh, you know we had the printing presses at the old Spectator building, and I had the Spectator. Last time I remember doing a tour there with my kids, I mean, the, the Spec was actually printing newspapers for other places too. I think the Globe and Mail had some printing done here in Hamilton too. I mean, it was a thriving business, uh, yeah. and we, it, it, you know what's done is done. There's so many other aspects to this now. There's obviously the social media with this, the, the internet. There's these other platforms, and uh, and that's a battle that we're having with governments right now too about understanding how that's having an impact on journalism uh but you you want to look back and put this in perspective and, and for somebody who's been in the business a long time like you Mirko, the big stories whether it's local provincial national whatever the case might be uh where governments have you know have been held their have their feet held to the fire it's journalism that does that it's investigative journalism that under uncovers this you know whether it's watergate whether it's uh snc lavalin i mean go down the list here we could spend the next three hours talking about uh, those stories that are breaking but it's journalism that does that and if 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 we don't have journalists if they don't have access and if there aren't enough people to do this sort of work those stories never get told and at the end of the day uh well what happens is all you're going to do is is whatever platform you're listening to you're simply going to see the the regurgitation of the talking points from the politicians and that's 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 not journalism well i know that's right it's not journalism and uh it also has uh dire consequences if we uh you know with the lack of capacity to to cover uh, you know the power structures to cover the institutions to, to hold politicians feet to the fire uh you know there's rampant misinformation rampant disinformation and so you know some coming from uh, various politicians themselves, and and we saw on January 60, you know, where that leads, uh, in uh, with the storming of the Capitol in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, where with the with the uh, rampant uh, misinformation, disinformation that spread very quickly, without uh, you know effective counterbalance to that, um, it has led to chaos, and and I'm afraid that uh, you know our democracy is more fragile than than uh, many people realize. And that's uh, and that's a huge um, sort of question for our for our functioning society. And but uh, even before that, we get to that point. Uh, there's just a uh, there was a recent study out of uh, I believe out of Notre Dame, and I, I, unfortunately I can't quote uh, the names of uh, who led that study. But they looked at uh, a couple of uh, scholars. They were economists, and they looked at uh, the cost to municipalities. When they lose, they lose local journalism, 
And uh, they found that uh, over a number of years, there's a, there's a correlation between a loss and lack of local journalism and an increase in uh, municipal costs uh, in, uh, in uh, borrowing. And uh, because the cost controls aren't there, there's not that oversight, that uh, function that uh, journalism, robust local journalism provides. There's an important point to make here, too. I just wanted our listeners to understand this, too. Uh, your approach here and, and, and what we're trying to do, and we're going to explain the, the, the process here in just a second, uh, this is agnostic. I mean, you're not, this is not left-wing journalism, right-wing journalism. This is, this, is, this is just journalism in general. I mean, you know, people are going to have different, uh, you know, perspectives on this sort of thing. That's fine. And they can judge uh, the facts out there and, and disagree or agree or debate them, etc., like that. But uh, that debate doesn't happen and that discussion doesn't happen, Mirko, unless the facts are presented. Uh, and, and that's what journalism does. And, and you know, we, we have so many different choices, or we did anyway for a certain time there, that you can pick yours if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's still, I think, an awful lot of us uh, that want to get that information and then have that debate. But we have to deal with that. And uh, it's, it's becoming more and more difficult. I mean, again, I'll go back to the spectator situation and people in the Hamilton area would know that uh, the spectator building on Frid Street there right by the 403 was this mm-hmm. huge huge building for years and years yeah. and years and the newsroom was about the size of a football field I mean we went in yeah. there uh, yeah. they're moved I mean they don't need that space yeah. anymore because they just don't have the staff but that mm-hmm. means they're not covering those stories uh, I mean there are still dedicated people there but not as many of them and if you don't have the, the staffing to do that uh, you don't get to do the investigative stuff and that's where the stories are that's right. And uh, we, my uh, experiences with Waterloo Region Record, I was there about uh, just mm-hmm. about 28 years. In 2005, we moved, uh, you know, from our 1970s huge building into a smaller area. Um, but uh, we still had the staff. Uh, by the time I left in 2014, I think uh, the using staff was about half of what it was just uh, just 10 years earlier. I remember at times when, um, I'd say probably in the 90s, in the heyday, uh, we had... At one time, we had three health reporters. And, you know, can you imagine having three health reporters now in the time of a pandemic? Uh, that'd be great. And right now, the record has one person who's, who's pretty much on the health beat. Um, I'm not sure if uh, that's what they're calling it, but uh, but we have one person who's doing a great job and on tracking things. But uh, she's only one, only one person. Uh, that goes for other beats as well. We had a... We had an agriculture beat. We'd have a labor beat. We'd have um, people covering all sorts of councils. I mean, there's a regional government, so we have uh, probably seven councils, including uh, three cities and uh, four townships. And we were covering all of those things and beyond. You know, the the fewer journalists, uh, the less that we can uh, that can be that can cover um, all of those issues. Whether it's again education, whether it's health, whether it's uh, the, uh, whether it's council. Well, I, I mean, your organization came to my attention uh, through a, our mutual friend Richard Brennan, of course, uh, who's yeah. on this show many times. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the nickname the Badger that everybody in, in the business calls him is because he was a guy that would dig and get the facts. Uh, but right. he had that time. I mean, there were more. There, there, there was a lot more staff in those days, and he had the time to be able to do that digging and uncover some rather uncomfortable things that politicians uh, were not talking about these days. But that's the kind yeah. of journalism that you want. Uh, and, right. and it's becoming more and more difficult. There are 
are still people that do it and, and do it well, uh, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that they're missing simply because they don't have the the wherewithal to be able to follow up on a, a lot of these leads. And I, I get, and I'm sure back uh, when you were still working for the paper, Merkel, I get requests time and time again, can you look into this, can you look into that? Well, we know we're only, I'm one person, uh, as opposed to the, you know, the old days when there were a lot more. So right. let, let's talk a little bit about the process here, because uh, I know that the end game here is to try to get the attention of the federal government, but you're doing this, uh, I think, the right way. You're going to the local councils first, because it's local journalism that, that's really uh, 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 the threat here. That's 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 what seems to be deteriorating. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you've done uh, some presentations and had some discussions with local councils with some success. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the idea of going to local councils was uh, two things were happening at the same time last uh, March, April, when uh, uh, when the lockdown, just after the lockdown, went into effect, is that you know, we were concerned with uh, the number, of, you know, how hard the journalism uh, sector is going to be hit. But also, uh, I noticed that a local mayor, uh, Dave Jaworski of Waterloo, city of Waterloo, uh, local mayor was uh, also expressing concern uh, through Twitter. Uh, for loss of local journalism uh, and um, complementing uh, local journalism and encouraging that. So we saw a window of opportunity to think, hey, maybe uh, we can go to the councils. Maybe there is that um, there is that willingness to to voice support for um, for local journalism. Uh, this is something that I you know I hadn't seen from local politicians uh, in in 20 years of working at the record. I don't remember. Uh, local politicians uh, lauding the local media, and maybe it happened, but I just didn't, didn't remember it. So I thought, you know, okay, there's a window of opportunity here. Yeah? So let's uh, approach the, uh, the local councils, and we had a great reception uh, from the region of the Waterloo Council, which is the the upper tier uh, municipal government here, and all of the the mayors of all the townships and cities are are represented on that uh, council. So we went to them first. Uh, with a resolution to voice support for uh, local journalism uh, in aid of public, uh, in aid of democracy, and uh, we had a great reception there. They, they even strengthened the uh, proposal that we'd given them. Um, they uh, invited us to 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 put the, keep them uh, on their toes and put their feet to the fire when necessary. I was really encouraged by that. Um, so, and at the same time, so that was June third last year. They uh, they passed the uh, the motion. Uh, they were the first uh, to pass the motion, and from there we we spread out to other uh, uh, municipalities in Waterloo Region, but also outside of Waterloo Region and Hamilton. Uh, they were great as well. They quickly passed uh, the support journalism support resolution on July 17th last year. Uh, we had a um, a local uh, Hamilton person a. Uh, uh, former photographer, retired photographer from the Hamilton Spectator Approach uh, Council, and uh, you know they were on board right away. Uh, so well, you've really got you've, you've actually expanded in BC now. My understanding, and, and Toronto, by the way, passed this uh, uh, earlier this week as well. So you've got a number of local councils in Ontario and BC here, uh, and <laughs> and obviously, ultimately, you want them to to uh, to be partners in this, to go to to senior levels of government and talk about this. I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, we're just about out of time, but I want to make sure that people uh, get the gist of what's going on here. There's going to be a lot of talk, and already has been a lot of talk, Mirko, uh, about relief packages and, and assistance yeah. packages. 
challenges for a number of people that have been adversely affected. And sure. and you and, and I, I think it's only right that journalism be in that mix. And 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 again, like you say, you're you're, you're talking about print broadcast and digital journalism because all of them have been negatively impacted by what's gone on in this while in this yeah. last little while because of the pandemic. And and they all have to be included and they all have to be addressed. Yes, indeed. And uh, the, I, I think uh, journalism metrics have also you know, sort of taken advantage uh, of, of whatever uh, release the government uh, are uh, putting out to all businesses uh, during the pandemic. Uh, the, and uh, one of them was a uh, $7 million ad buy sh- uh, shortly after the pandemic went into, into uh, and the lockdown sort of went into effect because there was virtually no advertising in in uh, newspapers other than government advertising for the first uh, few weeks after the lockdown is coming into effect. But what we're, well, our goal is not to have perpetual buyouts, perpetual government assistance. Uh, the federal government is our uh, MPs, cabinet ministers. They are main target uh, in this campaign. We'd like them to, to use all of the uh, leaders of power that they have, so whether it's regulation, whether it's uh, legislation or regulation, whether it uh, has to do with uh, taxes or uh, anti-competition or hate speech laws or um, whatever, you know, whatever they have at their disposal to create uh, a society where local journalism can survive and thrive. Because uh, the demise of local journalism has not been due to one thing, one factor, sure. No, not uh, at all. The big pro- yeah, the big platforms, uh, you know, have, have done some damage and the internet has done some damage. But there's not one, uh, solution. Sorry, there's not one uh, problem and, and there's no, not going to be a magic, uh, magic bullet, one silver bullet that's going to. Not exactly, no. Uh, but the more, the more we bring it to people's attention, the, the, the bigger the chances of having this debate. I'm going to send people to the webpage if you want to get more information about that. It's it- inkstainedwretches.org. Uh, Merkel, let's stay in touch. I, I wish you continued success with this, and uh, we're certainly going to continue to talk about this at our end, and uh, hopefully this is going to come to a, a, a solution that's going to be beneficial to everybody and certainly to the country as well. Uh, thanks so much for this today. Thanks a lot, Bill. Take care. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, okay. Mirko Petrushevic, of course, coordinator of inkstainedwretches.org. And I can say, although that's print, we're talking about all forms of uh, journalism right now that are negatively impacted by this. And we've uh, talked about those consequences. So uh, check it out for yourself and uh, talk to your MPs and MPPs about that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.